Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of the Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup. I'm James Montemagno. And Matt, the summer here in the Northern Hemisphere has finally come into full swing. The sun is out. And uh, that means, you know, a little bit less blog activity, a little bit more holidays from home. From yep, home. from home, from home. Yep. But it definitely is, uh, yeah, vacation slash holiday time. Just kick back and don't do any work, which isn't half bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. In fact, there's still the normal release cadences coming with Xamarin Forms and Visual Studio and all that goodness to look forward to. In fact, I've uh, installed some of the latest previews of the latest version of Visual Studio. And there's some nice surprises that we will talk about for sure next month on the podcast. So be sure to definitely tune in next month for that stuff. Uh, And in fact, you know, I've been taking this time to reach out to more community members and to other uh, team members to get them onto uh, the Xamarin Show, our weekly development uh, video series. And I've been pretty pumped on that. So I'm really excited to feature more and more good stuff coming on. So even though it's the summer, you know, we're still here. We're going to be generating the videos, generating the podcast, generating the blogs, and all that good stuff. Um, um, and I'm pretty excited. I'm excited to go on a, on a hike now and then every once yeah. in a while, Matt. You got to get out there before the rains start coming again. So Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. And uh, let's pop off some news. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to mention is, uh, James, you're very familiar with this because I think you you helped start it up a couple years ago as a Planet Xamarin. And so what we want to do with Planet Xamarin, it's a community like blog, I'm going to say aggregator. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a blog, make sure you go to Planet Xamarin, put it on there. This way we'll start seeing the posts that you put and everybody else will see it too. And then we're going to start featuring some community blog posts on the pod and start talking through what the community is talking about. And we have at Xamarin a great, vibrant community. So I think this will be a great way to start showing off what everybody's talking about and just feature some new content coming out from everybody all over the place. So planetxamarin.com, go out there, enter, get your blog registered. And I am looking forward to seeing what everybody's coming up with and talking about. Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, the community, uh, we started this a while ago, like you said, several years ago. And uh, what's really nice about it is that it's one, it's open source. You just do a pull request to get your blog in there. In fact, a lot of the content from the .NET community standups, the Xamarin uh, standups, the first Thursday of every month come from Planet Xamarin. Sometimes from Twitter, different things that are going on. But it's great just to see all the awesome not only like, you know, UI challenges, library works, podcasts that are happening. I just learned just tons about what's happening out in the community. So definitely, definitely give that um, a look and put it in there. But with that, we'll get into the biggest releases, which I'm super excited for Xamarin Forms 4.7. I feel like every podcast, Matt, it's a new version of Xamarin Forms. So the team works hard and team. <laughs> We love, going. we love them for it. <laughs> That's right. There's a whole bunch of goodies inside of here. Uh, my my favorite new one is the simplification of grid rows and columns. They changed it from having to be multiple, multiple lines into just a simple property. So instead of having to say column definition, auto column definition, auto column definition, column definition, you can just say column definitions equals auto, 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 and it'll just figure it all out for you. So take those 10 lines of code and compress them down into one. This one's super nice. I cannot wait. That's the best thing ever. Cause 
XAML is verbose enough. You don't have to make it any more verbose. So let's squish it all down and take a thousand lines of code and just make them two. Yeah. Yeah. I super duper like that one. And and that one was actually a community uh, enhancement request from Morton Nielsen. And then that was put in there. I remember I thumbed it up and I did all this stuff and uh, I was very excited for it. And I believe that that implementation mirrors the win UI like same exact semantics. So the team followed like one-to-one basically on there. And I cannot wait to use this thing. It's awesome. And like really uh, goes in and it, and it, uh, it's kind of powerful addition of simplifying your code is this thing called multi-binding. Uh, and I've, I've done this before. How many times, Matt, have you had to create like a new property in your code behind that combines, you know, a bunch of properties together? Like, you know, oh, it has a, a first name and a middle name and a last name. And I need to put that into a single thing so I can put that into a label. That happens quite often. Yeah, quite often. And it, you always feel kind of, I'm, I'm going to say you feel kind of dirty, like you're doing a, a hacky workaround to make that work. So mm-hmm. is there something better for me? Yes. Multi-bindings are the way of the future. So it's can be applied to any property, anything at all. And a good example is what I just showed you is I can use a multi-binding instead of a binding and specify, for instance, on a label, a string format and just give it kind of that that standard string format of zero, one, two, or whatever, and put in the pass. So employee, first name, middle name, last name, for example. Um, and it'll magically take care of that. Or you can create a multi-value converter. And this is super powerful. A multi-value converter, for example, will enable you to uh, pass in multiple values, like a type, like a value converter, but multiple values. So you could pass in a Boolean, a string and something else. And you can say, if it's true, do this. If it's false, do this. Um, and, and you can then cast those, which is really, really cool. You could pass an array of 50 Booleans, for example, and you could go through all of them and say, as long as all of them are true, then return true or something like that. Uh, it's really, really cool. So, so it's really powerful in this, um, this state. Uh, a good example of this is, uh, is a checkbox checked? And what they do is they have a multi-binding and one of this, uh, they call it an all true converter. So they created a multi, this is in the docs, a multi-value converter. And the employee is like, employee is over 16, has passed test, um, um, is suspended. But then they have a converter on that one, which is an inverter converter. So like they actually invert that one to return the different one. So you don't even have to put in that that would be like false, but you might want it to be true. So like, you can do all these cool things um, where you can see if they're checked or not, or these different values. And some of them are built in like string converters and you can nest these things. It's really crazy. It's really cool. I can't wait to also just figure out how to use these correctly. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I love the inverter converter. That's going to be my new thing. I'm going to say all the time. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm definitely going to copy this all true multi-converter though, because this thing makes a lot of sense. It's just like, oh, every value is true. And uh, then of course, it'll be listening to all of those different properties too. And I think that's what's nice. So instead of in your code behind having to say, oh, I changed the first name. So I need to not only update the first name, but I need to go update this other property, which I do all the time. Now you can just do it in one place. Yeah, it gets rid of a bunch of, um, yeah, a bunch of code behind stuff where you either have a bunch of properties or just a, a extra 
function that you have to pay attention to. Let the converter, the inverter converter, handle it all for you. Yeah. Just, yep. Let it value. Let it do it for you. You don't have to worry about it. That's a super good one. Um, Definitely take a look at that. The biggest feature, which is in preview now, um, is shapes in pass. I had Javier uh, come on to the Xamarin show in an upcoming episode, um, and he's going to be showing it all off. But this is system.drawing. I mean, you got pass and polygons and geometry and ellipses and, and rectangles, and you can put in SVG data and do full drawings with it. You can do um, paths and clips and all this stuff. And and what's cool about this is that now you can only draw, which is powered by the underlying platform. So there's no dependencies on every single control. They added a clip property where you can apply geometry. So you no longer ever need a custom control or renderer for a circle image. You just apply an ellipse geometry to an image clip. And that's it. Then you're done. And in fact, what's cool about this is that this API is one-to-one with the WPF API, WPF UWP API, which means you can just copy and paste any of that stuff over and it should just come over super duper nice. It's awesome. That's cool. So let me ask you this still, James, this kind of, I guess, Sherlock's your circle image NuGet package. Am I right? It does. It's over. It's done. (laughs) I cannot wait. You don't have to maintain it. Yep. I'm getting rid of it. It's gone. See ya. So that's super exciting on that one. And there's a bunch of other enhancements in there. They finished up support for um, light and dark mode. So that's super important. There's some new styling and they have great recommendations on that. I really love um, how they have this all set up and you can now have it. So it's your default, the system's default, your indecision. You can set it. That works really, really nice. Um, so definitely give that a look and all the great documentation and and I will, of course, um, tweet out um, when the Xamarin show gets released of not only what's new in 4.7, but also the, that shapes and wrecks and all that stuff. So definitely give that a look. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big release in 4.7. So it's really exciting to see all that stuff in there. And light and dark mode, I was reading through the uh, documentation for it, and it says, like, you can manage the theme. And I first read that as mangle the theme because I'm not a big fan of dark mode, but... Everybody else is, so I'm on the I'm on the losing side of that argument. But, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's next? You want to do this one, or am I doing this one? It's a blog post I wrote. What did I do? Do you want to do this one? I'll Which do. We talk about. Yeah, you can right. talk about. It. All, All right, right, go ahead. Really quick, I wrote a quick blog post. Um, everyone's probably good timing because by the time the next podcast comes out, the first requirement change from Google on releasing Android applications will change because every year, every two years, they make changes. Um, to how you have to build your application and ship it to uh, Google Play. A few years ago, they asked people to update to, I think, Android 8, and now Android 11 is about to come out, which means they want every single Android application to be targeting Android 10, API 29. And on starting August 3rd, all new apps, so first submission apps, must target Android 10. And starting on November 2nd, all apps and app updates must target Android 10. Uh, in this blog post, I show you how to uh, make sure you target, compile against. This does not change your minimum version. This is your compile and target version, which is always higher. And then your minimum, obviously, you can make whatever you want. Usually, API 21 is a pretty good number there. But also be and take into consideration that 
When you move to Android 10, this is also a move towards Android X most likely. Uh, we talked about that many, many a times. So be aware of that and check out the blog post and docs for more guidance on that one. Should be a quick change, but yeah, definitely give it a look. One of those quick but necessary ones that you have to go through like once a year. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is what it is. Oh, so I'll take this one, James. And it's one of my favorite, favorite, super favorite things in a shell. You have the navigation. And one of the things I love about the navigation is the ability to pass parameters, which is the route-based navigation. That, that's what gives you the ability to pass parameters. And I think we talked about this last episode is the ability to go back. And I, what did I call that? The dot-based ability to go back backwards? And um, yeah, so it's just like dot, dot. You get to go back to the previous page that you came from. So what we have here is a new blog post by James, and uh, it's one of the Xamarin Forums Shell Quick Tips, the new series that you're putting together. And um, yeah, I love it. It, it just shows you how, how you can go through and you can go back. And, and the best part is you can go back more than just one page as well. So the, the, let, me step, <laughs> let me step back here for one second. Why would you just want, instead of just saying, you know, pop modal async, why would you actually or just go to a, you know, why, why would you want to use the dot notation? Because sometimes you have a modal page that doesn't have a back button on it. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having to put that button on there where you actually have to you know, program all that in, just say, go to async. Sometimes that page gets displayed many different ways. Sometimes it might just be in your navigation stack instead of being displayed modally. So this go to async lets you handle it. And you can actually do more than just dot, dot, which brings you one step back. You could do dot, dot, slash, dot, dot, kind of like a directory where you go back to. Or you can even say, when you if you name your pages for route, truly route-based navigation, you can actually say, I want to go exactly to this page. Mm-hmm. And you get the past data too. So you can actually do the um, the question mark ID or, and then the value back yeah. to it. So that's actually really super neat is that you can pass data back to um, pages further down in the navigation stack, which you might sometimes have to do if you're changing the data in, let's say, a list view. Or in the details, you need want to pass it back up to the list view or something like that. Or I mean, collection view. Yeah, collection view made everybody <laughs> forget about the list view. But yeah, something like that. So it's, yeah, really neat. It's a good one. A lot of people are always asking me like, oh, should I change to, you know, shell, which I see you'll, you'll see a bigger and bigger push going forward uh, on that, uh, I'm sure. And for me, it makes a lot of sense because of some of these scenarios that it unlocks, because the only way to do this previously would be to, you know, push back, push back, and then somehow on that page, know that you need to push this other page on it. And then also give it some data. Like, how do you even do that? It doesn't make any sense, but here it could just be dot, dot, slash, dot, dot, slash, slash, new page. Here's some information. And just like, it just handles it. So I think that's really neat that it can unlock those scenarios. Yeah. And why do all the work yourself when this just does it with a bunch of dots and slashes? Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Another thing I wanted to talk about, and we're going into the cloud news and I've, I've mentioned this before and this is my new favorite thing in the cloud is azure sql because who doesn't love relational databases i do and i you do should too yeah everybody loves them and uh so there's this um 
David, my new favorite person, he's an Azure SQL PM, put out this wonderful article about why Azure SQL is the best database for developers. And it goes over like 10 features here of things that you might not know about Azure SQL that you could totally use as a developer. And this will obviously be all backend development because you don't want to actually connect to Azure SQL from your um, app. However, let me just uh, talk about some of the features I love the most. As of queries. So when I say an as of query, like, oh, what's that? You can actually issue a query, like do a select as of this time. So you're like, mm. you're looking back in a history table to find out what the table looked like as of two weeks ago or something like that. And you know, that's, that's actually super powerful. And um, you can also do uh, what, what they call post-relational uh, data, which really means JSON, JSON, however you want to pronounce that. So you're not just really limited to um, tables and, or your rows and columns. You can use JSON. And that kind of unlocks some graph support as well. So that's that's neat too. So Azure SQL is more than just you know your traditional SQL database that everybody's. It's more modern. That's what I want to say. It's more modern because <laughs> you know when I used Azure SQL way back, you know it was just you know it's eh, it's you program in T SQL, you do a bunch of selects, and that's pretty much it. But now you can actually use more of the built-in functionality to it. So, yeah, it's definitely worth, worth checking out and see if you can use any of these things to uh, help your apps out on the back end. I think so. And in fact, I was just looking on channel nine. I think there's a data exposed series called Why SQL is the best for developers or whatever. So we'll link to that video series as well. And I, I think, I don't know if uh, David was, was on it or not, but I think it's maybe someone from the the team yeah, that he works I think on it was, was so. yeah, Davide and Anna, I think, but yeah, did it. There you go. Yep. Very cool. I love that stuff. I love it when there's like, here's a blog post and here's a bunch of videos that yeah. also you can learn more about. So love it. Yep. And so what do you think the Azure service of the month is going to be, James? Uh, application insights. Wrong. It's going to be computer vision. Wow. So close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say cognitive services all up overall. But then I thought, well, cognitive services is like 30 different services. And that's 30 different episodes I can talk about. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yep. I see what you did there. Yep. But uh, computer vision, that's actually really cool. And um, so it's not just um, the one I'm talking about is the ability to actually take a photo of something or take a bunch of different photos of things that look the same and be able to train your model on it. So this is like the couple of years ago was like the hot dog or not. Um, mm-hmm. type type uh, the meme there where you would take a bunch of different pictures of hot dogs, um, train your model on it, and then be able to take a picture of something. Maybe it was a hot dog, maybe it wasn't, and it would kind of spit out whether it thought it was a hot dog or not. This cu- custom computer vision, custom vision service—that's what I want to call it—is the ability for you to actually go in and do that, and you can train it across a bunch of different things. Uh, whatever you want. It's totally customizable. And then you can actually either hit it with a REST API or download like CoreML or TensorFlow to actually run it on your device too. Mm. So you don't actually have to go out and hit hit the uh, web. And obviously when you have it on device, that's going to be faster as well. So that's what's cool that you can actually get it um, mobilized 
as I love to say. So yeah, it's definitely something you should check out and uh, you can build a bunch of different models on it and it's going to be free to get started with. Um, you don't start having to pay until you grow it to be a little bit of a larger size. That's awesome. I love that. I love when there's free stuff too. I've been using um, uh, Flow a lot, Power Automate, you know about this? You know about this oh, thing? I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and there's all these connectors, right? Which I think are really cool. So a good example is instead of having to write a bunch of code, you're like, oh, I just need sentiment analysis. Like there is an API to do that, but there's also a flow connector. So you could example, like be like monitor Twitter for this hashtag. And then whenever, you know, and then run, run sentiment analysis, whenever a hashtag is tweeted with this and then combine that and put that into an Excel spreadsheet or something, if it's under, you know, 0.5 on, if it's under 0.1, send me an email. And like, you can just set that up in like five seconds. And in fact, you could be like, and put that into a planner or send me a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Super cool. Um, and you can also, you can also think of it. It's kind of like functions, but, but without the code, right. For simple things. Like sometimes it's a little bit like, Oh, I got to figure out this box and how do I get this information? And it's easier if I could just write the API. But then I was like, if you can just figure it out, then I don't have to write any code and it just does it. Yeah. There actually is a version of functions that is that where you can just bring a bunch mm. of different connectors in there. You can actually design a workflow like that. And I have one too, where there's an office form and it's what it is, is um, like if James, you needed uh, the cloud advocates team to do some content for you, like, all right, I want an app or I want a blog post on Azure functions and a mobile app. You would fill out this office forms. It would post it in a team's channel. It would um, Mm. post it in an Azure DevOps board. It would send me an email. It would send you an email and it's all just this flow to set up and it took like 10 minutes. So nice. yeah, That's it's super cool. neat. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's cool when you have flows is my pick of my, my, my flow is <laughs> a power automate. Is, I don't know what it's called anymore, but whatever it is, um, uh, is, is I have one that you fill out a form or no, what do you do? Oh, you, you close a task in planner, which is sort of like a Kanban board. Mm-hmm. And then that will trigger a flow, which then, will send you a forms um, pro templated um, link that you can fill out a survey uh, with information like about the event or whatever. And then uh, you can, it'll also pipe variables through though, which is cool. So you can be like, and here's like the planner ID and some other information, like the name of it. And then you fill out the form. And then what that does is it goes into like a spreadsheet that a Power BI is generated off of uh, because, because that'll be like what happens when the fl- another flow kicks off and then it'll insert it into the Excel spreadsheet from the flow. But then also it will go back to the planner and update the planner with the information that you entered. So it's like a full 360. It's crazy. Welcome to the Power Platform Podcast. <laughs> I'm Matt Sokup. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Where does... Uh, Where's Pierce when you need him? Um, (laughs) But here's the thing is what I'm finding now that, you know, I I think the combination and and I saw uh, Pierce was talking really about this is pro dev and low code can come together gracefully because there's these scenarios where like, yes, like I could, I could write all the code for that. Yeah. But what if I didn't have to? And uh, it's not going to be the back end for my application, but I now don't have to write this you know stuff over here uh, because it's it just flows right it's not like a, my app's not running 
uh, there. I guess you could put in a power app, but you know, for this sort of, they're not trivial tasks, but tasks that you don't, you might be doing over and over again. You want to copy and paste code over and over again. So I think it's super cool. I mean, I had a simple one, which was, which was for my like Hanselman app, which was every time the RSS feed changes, go trigger a function. Mm-hmm. Like I could, you know, just run the function all the time, but like, I just have this power app that's just like over there doing something. So that's a cool one too. You're just like call this URL and it just does it. So, yeah. And actually yeah. that's something I'm going to get into exploring later on this year is, uh, how to integrate the power platform with mobile applications. Cause there is something in there for professional developers to at least know about to increase their tool belt. Mm, I like it. I guess that gets us to our pick of the week. It sure does. And the one I wanted to talk about has nothing to do with the power platform as, at all, but rather it's the fluent design system icons. What are these all about? (laughs) All right. So the Fluent Design is Microsoft's design language that's everybody knows and loves material design. Well, Fluent is the Microsoft version of that in a nutshell. Mm. And so what we have over on GitHub is that they just open sourced all of the um, system icons for that. So like the little trash can for it, or there's even emojis or the phone. Um, there's a lot of them and they're all out there on GitHub. So this is where I need all of our listeners help. It's out there right now for Android. It's out there right now for iOS, meaning that you would have to use, um, like Gradle or, 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 or Carthage or CocoaPods to install them as, as Xamarin developers. We don't like that. What we want to have is a font file so we can just get at them from mm-hmm. forms using uh, glyphs. So there's an issue open and I'll put a link to the issue where we can all go out there and thumbs up it and we can get them to put together a font file for us. So they said they're going to do it, but we just have to really start pushing them to put it together. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, my pick of the week uh, is going to be the Sharp NATO package again. Um, <laughs> because uh, Jean-Marie has updated it one more time uh, to add new morphism design directly into it. It sort of started with the material frame, but now he's extended it to be an entire style, entire theming of basically everything under the sun. Uh, I did a tweet about it, but it's super duper good. Uh, I'm just going to repeat it again. Cause if you're not using the material frame or the sharp NATO stuff, definitely give it a look It's support on iOS, Android and UWP. So give that a look. It's pretty much awesome so definitely definitely give that a look love those community toolkits that's mm-hmm. what makes using xamarin so great love it all right well i think that's going to wrap it up because i have a meeting right now matt and i'm sure you do too because that's what we do here at microsoft right. we microsoft record podcasts meetings. microsoft meetings in teams that's not a new product it's, it's teams the microsoft meetings is not a that'd be a good name for a product though that um, way you didn't have to say teams team all the, the time. teams team, the meetings team, but then how you can't really chat. You can't have a chat or a team. That's true. In team. Anyways, we'll figure it out. Anyways, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about the podcast, and also make sure you go over to planetzammer.com, put your blog in there. That'd be pretty awesome. All right, Matt, stay safe and wash your hands and wear a mask. Don't forget all the time. Always be. The mask is right next to me. Perfect. All right, James. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>